Welcome to Thrive Beyond Pornography, the podcast where real couples like us candidly navigate the journey to a healthier, more connected life. Join us as we share personal experiences, expert insights, and practical tips to help you thrive in your relationships and break free. Together, let's repair and build a rock-solid connection, becoming a couple that can overcome any challenge. Hey, I just wanted to share with you this awesome deal that I set up for you guys before you get to the show. Labor Day week, I wanted to give you a sale. So all you have to do is go to zackspafford.com slash join the membership, and you can join the self-mastery membership for 50% off by using promo code LABORDAY50, all capital letters. Enjoy the show. I'm Zach. And I'm Darcy. Did you know that pornography doesn't have to destroy you or your marriage? We're the parents of eight active members of the Church of Jesus Christ, the Latter-day Saints, and we love to help people just like you. We're here to share hope and healing as we take you through our journey and the journeys of our amazing clients to greater joy and love. Come grow with us to a happier, more meaningful life. Welcome Welcome to to the the Self Mastery Podcast. Podcast. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another beautiful Mastery Monday here on the Self Mastery Podcast. As you listen to this podcast, I am traveling down the road at probably like 60 miles an hour, 75 miles an hour. Well, in Cal- if I'm in California, it'll only be 55 miles an hour because the speed limit for towing trailers is only 55 in California. So I will be going nice and slow down the highway on my way to the beach where Darcy and I and all the kids and a couple of friends, we're going to hang out. Uh, in Malibu, maybe next year you guys should all join us. I think that'd be awesome. We'll we'll get the big campsite there, and everybody we can all hang out at the campfire and talk about porn. Uh, <laughs> you're like, wait, uh, you had me until you were like, let's talk about porn. <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny. I I I I was talking to somebody. Oh, uh, Amanda Louder, my friend, uh, who is the she does the podcast Sex for Saints that we've been on, and she wrote. Uh, she did a, an Instagram post that was basically like, all I do every day is uh, for 80% of my day, I talk about sex with people. And then for the other 20% of my day, I'm busy thinking about and wishing that someone would ask me to talk about sex. <laughs> and I said, that's the same for me with porn. So it's, uh, it's, it's, fun to, it's fun to talk about this stuff. It's fun to do these podcasts. Uh, I love the work that we get to do. And I love being able to share you know, a little bit of our life with you and also just, you know, the, I think the reality that there is hope. There is a world in which we don't have to be afraid of pornography anymore and that we can become, we can become pornography free. Like we can overcome pornography forever. We don't have to, <laughs> we don't have to keep it as part of our lives if we don't want to. And if, and if we put together all the right skills, that's totally available to us. So let me tell you the story that I think everybody that you know is totally familiar with and that I think we all in some way believe is true. And in in reality, we kind of inflict this story on ourselves when we think about our pornography struggle. And the story begins with us seeing the hero and there they are. They're at the lowest point of their lives and they are being crushed by the world and they, they just don't see any light. They... They see no end to their suffering, and they don't see any way to rise above the challenges that are clearly before them. In this struggle, they come across a single truth. Maybe it's a weapon or a skill that opens up possibilities to them, creates a path forward, 
and allows them to eventually triumph. When I struggled with pornography, I found that this is how I thought of what I needed to overcome pornography. I thought, you know, if Heavenly Father can just give me that one tool, that one skill, or just take this one thing away from me, then I would immediately be successful and I would clearly win this fight. I don't know if you have ever thought of your porn struggle this way, but this was my mindset for a very, very long time. One of the probably most well-known stories like this is Saul, who became Paul. You know, he saw Jesus on his travels while he was persecuting people, and then, you know, basically there was this extraordinary shift. Uh, We see it with Alma the Younger. We see it in a lot of different places. And then all of a sudden, from that point forward, you know, there's that newly minted person who is super awesome and they are no longer plagued by their trials. The truth is this wasn't the case for me. I have found that really overcoming pornography forever was more about three things than it was about this miraculous moment of change. Most of us have thought about it that way. I think I've thought about it that way maybe more than anybody else out there, but if you know, you're know you thinking about this and you're like, well, do I think about it that way? You know, Take a moment. Think about it. Is this the way that you think about your pornography struggle? Is this the way that you have thought about your pornography struggle? That at some point, all of a sudden, there will be this magic reality where you're no longer struggling with porn. And really, for me, as I have gone through this journey for myself and you know, with so, so many other people, the truth that I have found is that there are these the three things that you really need are things that are you know you can do every day instead of you know wishing and hoping and praying that something is going to change in a magic moment and and here's the things that you have to do one is you have to regularly refocus number two is you have to create the right kinds of habits around your urges and then number three is You need to experiment with totally new ways of thinking. And in the process of overcoming pornography, I found myself regularly discouraged when a setback occurred or a process that I had put in place seemed to fail. For a long time, this led to an out-of-control spiral and a really frustrating despair. And each time I made mistakes, I had to dig out of that hole and refocus and then re-engage in my efforts. And for me, the clear lesson around this, so let's talk about number one, Uh, you know, regularly refocusing, the clear lesson around what occurred for me and what is probably occurring for you and has probably occurred for anybody that you know that's engaged with a pornography struggle is that you don't have to wait until you make a mistake to create a refocus point, right? If you are working to overcome pornography, setting regular checkpoints, working with a coach, or, you know, regularly evaluating your progress, looking at your processes and looking at your potential is something that you can set up before you make mistakes. Adding key touch points to allow you to evaluate and adjust is going to yield high levels of self-awareness, and it's going to give you pivot points that allow you to move forward and move toward your values so you can live a rich, full, and meaningful life. These regular refocus sessions, whether you're doing them on your own or with a coach, can help you clarify where you stand. You know, what are what you're actually doing well, and if there is an area that you might want to improve on. If you are thinking about overcoming pornography forever, from a strategic perspective, checking in on what's working and setting time to evaluate it 
is really a perfect start to getting you where you want to go. You might have you know, a, a daily, a weekly, a monthly, or even a quarterly refocus session set on your calendar where you can celebrate your wins and see how you, you know, want to refocus your energy for the next period. Speaking of, so, and, and if you don't know what to do, if you're like, well, how do I actually do that? You know, give me a call, set up some time. I'd love to chat with you because that's going to help you, you begin this process, get you started. Now, speaking of how to focus your energy, one of the key components that you'll need to focus in on is how you are habitually dealing with the urges that are creating your process of engaging with pornography. So right, the, regularly, often, you know, we, <laughs> the first thing that I think every single one of us is told is like, well, just stop it. And willpower is a component of that, just stop it. Well, I, you know, <laughs> how many of us have heard somebody who were like, well, you know, I used to look at porn. And I just stopped, and that's all. And for some people, that works. And I'm not saying that that's not an effective strategy for everyone. What I am saying is willpower is this regular go-to when we engage with our brains around urges. And the reality is if you've been listening to this podcast, you know that willpower fades for most people, and it's never enough to totally eliminate pornography from your life for most people. Creating and practicing new ways to deal with urges seems really simple. I know that. I, you know, I, when I say it out loud, it's like, hey, you know, here's some new ways to deal with your urges. Practice them. I know that sounds simple. But when it comes to things that you are most effective of or at in life, you have probably created habitual ways of engaging with them. You know, I'm reminded of people like Phil Mickelson, who is a golfer, a professional level golfer, uh, who's like famous for hitting something like a, a hundred putts in a row. Like when he practices, he hits 100 putts in a row. If he misses on the 99th putt, he starts over from one. Uh, Michael Jordan, basketball player. Tom Brady, football player. Uh, you could think of musicians like uh, you know Pink Floyd and any, any, anyone who is out there who has a craft that they have honed to perfection or to excellence, because perfection is pretty tough, but to excellence, they have done it through doing something, right? You think of Michael Jordan. How did he rise to the height of his sport? He did the same things over and over and over until it was habitual, not reactionary. So let me, let me give you what I mean by the difference between those two things. Habitual is I know exactly what I'm going to do and how I'm going to do it when it comes up versus reactionary, which is I'm going to do the best in the moment because this came up. So I want you to kind of think of it in those two ways. That may not that may not actually be the definition of those two words. So I'm I'm just gonna let you have that, and you could if you want, you can look it up and text me or or email me, and I'll happily I'll happily retract or just kind of go through it with you. But for for the purposes of this conversation, habitual is about I know exactly what's gonna happen, and I've created a neural pathway to make that happen every time, regardless, in a way that I don't have to think about it actively versus reactionary, which is something came up and I'm going to do my best and I'm going to think about every step of the way and maybe I'm going to make more mistakes than not, right? So my favorite example of this idea is the well-known flu game. If, if you know this game, if you've known, know who Michael Jordan is and you're, you know, if you're familiar with his work, the flu game is this seminal game. It's this really important game where Michael Jordan 
he uh, he speculates that he had food poisoning because he he got a pizza delivered to his room late one night, and uh, I, I think the Utah Jazz fan who delivered it to him was <laughs> maybe did something to his food. Who knows? We have no idea. But everybody thought it was the flu at the time. We he says he thought it was food poisoning because nobody else caught it, and he was the only one that ate the pizza, and no, nobody else got the flu after you know after the game. So anyhow. So he goes into the next morning he has a game, or not the next morning, but the next day he has the game with the Utah Jazz. This is uh, must have been the fifth game of a seven-game series. And in that fifth game, they, had to, they didn't have to win, but for them to go home to, because uh, they're in Utah, for them to go home to Chicago and really have an, a, a, an easier time of putting away this series against the Utah Jazz, Winning that game was crucial. So they won the first two games in Chicago. Uh, then they came to Utah, and they lost the first two games in Utah. So they're in the fifth game of the series. And Jordan comes into that series, uh, or into that game of this the, the fifth game of the series, and he is very, very sick. He does not feel good. He is, you know, not having a good night. He goes out, and he puts up an astounding 38 of the 90 points his team scored. And you watch that game. In between shots, in between the action, Jordan's basically like falling down. There's like this really magical picture of Scottie Pippen holding him up. And it's, you know, it's just this beautiful like moment where Jordan lets every single habit he has take over. He's not making reactionary choices. He does not feel good. Like, I know how I feel. You know, what I do when I feel good, I mostly just want to lay down. And here Michael Jordan is putting up more points than anyone on his team, more points than probably every, you know, any two two players on that court combined. And he's just, I mean, an amazing, amazing basketball game. They win, and then the series goes to Chicago, and then Chicago wins in Chicago, okay? But... I think the reason that Michael performed as well as he did is because he was able to engage habits that he had built through countless hours of practice. And that's really the point. When urges confront us in our day-to-day life, the way we react to them makes all the difference. And if the way that we react to them comes from a place of habitual performance that's honed through dedicated practice, our urges become less about a struggle and they become more about just letting our habits take over and guide us to success. And, you know, if you've read any of the habit-based books, basically they say there's a cue, a response, and a reward. And the work that you have to do is re-engage your brain to rewrite that response. That's the the work that you can do. And you can learn all the right habits, all the things that you need to start creating habits around in the self-mastery membership. Or you can even do it through individual coaching. So you just sign up for a free console that you know, I'll put a link in the in the show notes. But figuring out the right habits and how to practice them the way that, you know, Jordan did with free throws and dribbling and, you know, all the things that he does on the court or did on the court or Phil Mickelson does when he putts and, you know, it just isn't something that you have to do alone. You don't have to go out and do individual um, – do this individual process where you start to figure out, okay, what exactly do I have to – do? What are the habits that I need? I can help teach you that. And, and you don't have to do it alone. Lastly, 
the the thing that you need to do next or maybe all throughout this process is experiment with totally new ways of thinking. This is really about experimenting by both thinking and doing. But the truth is the first thing you have to do is think first. You have to think about okay, how's how's a better way to do this? And you know, if you go back to if you go back to, you know, the sports analogy, the way that Michael Jordan played basketball looked very different than anything anybody else was doing. That's the truth of it. You know, some people did some of the things that he did well, but if you look across the breadth of his process in playing the game, it looked different than anything anybody else was doing up to that point. And then Kobe started to do the things that Jordan was doing, and guess what? Kobe was a great ball player. A lot of us are doing the same things over and over and over, but we're not getting the results that we want. So like the idea before, we, you know, we are letting a habit take over our process. We are sticking with habits that aren't working, that aren't getting us the results that we want. They're working. They work because habits always work. They just run like a, like a, a computer program. They run like a script, right? They go from start to finish, and they always work. But if the result at the end is not the one that we want, then the question that you need to be asking is, is this process actually resolving my issue? Or does it keep leading me back to the results I don't want? And if the answer to the, the questions here is it is not resolving my issue and it's leading me back to results that I don't want, then we got to look at this differently. But before, I, before we go on through that, let me point out that there is a difference between not being successful because of ineffective habits or ineffective skills, ideas, or actions so there's a difference between that and not being successful because you have not yet integrated the right habit fully enough to be effective. So a good way to know if you haven't integrated the, the right habit is to see you know, maybe what the conventional wisdom is on that habit and ask if that technique is working for others. When, you, when I think about the 12 steps and I look at the data from Dr. Lance Dotis, it's a 5% success rate. So at 5%, do you feel like that habit is, may, is, is helpful? Is that habit succeeding for others in large measure? Where you look at acceptance and commitment therapy, acceptance and commitment coaching, and you have an 80% success rate. So there you, you, know, you start to see, okay, wait, wait, wait a minute. Maybe we should be looking at things differently. You, you, know, you can also ask yourself, does this process make sense? in the totality of my understanding and has it yielded any sort of actual value you know friends and, and i'm not trying to pick on the 12 steps because i know that the 12 steps has valuable content i i just especially the fact that you can go and you can be with men and women who are in the same place as you that camaraderie that love that understanding that those people are going to give you is invaluable it just may not help you succeed. That's the that's that's the problem, right? If, if it's not actually helping people succeed, then it, then it's not necessarily that the love and the wonderful, um, you know, the people that are in there are are problematic. It's simply, you know, this may not be the best thing for me, and that's okay. It's not a problem, and I don't want I don't want you to guys I don't want to get any hate about the twelve steps because <laughs> I I love the people that work them. They're great people. But when I worked through the twelve steps, there were just some things that didn't make sense to me. You know, one really big one, which I've talked about before on the, on the podcast, is how you're asked to admit that you're powerless. And that idea just really struck me as not terribly helpful in the totality of what I was trying to accomplish. How can I take responsibility for my actions and start making different decisions if I'm powerless against some external force 
that can drive me to a result that I don't like. You know, that's the way that I thought of it, but, you know, you may not think of it that way. And that's okay. I'm not saying that you have to think about things the way that I'm thinking about things because that's exactly what I'm telling you not to do. I'm telling you to think about things in a weird and different and new and interesting ways, experiment. But I want you to also be clear that, you know, this, this step is about the idea of thinking in new ways and thinking and seeing if what it is that is going on in this process is working for you. And if it's not working for you or it doesn't make sense to you, see if you can do something else. Right? See if the idea, the process, or the mechanics of what you have been thinking make more or less sense. See if a new, different, or maybe even an off-the-wall idea that you haven't considered can fill a gap in your process. And also see if someone else is being successful with the new ideas. You know, Kobe and, Kobe and Jordan, I, I, didn't write this, I didn't write this into the podcast, uh, <laughs> but really... I, I keep thinking back to that, and I think, yeah, I mean, Kobe was successful in large part because he emulated what Jordan was doing. Jordan was successful because in large part, he created new ways of playing the game, and he tr- he tried them out. He was like, well, you know, if, if my jump shot's not working, let me, let me engage with this fadeaway in a different way than maybe what other people are doing, Right. See if you can become more successful than you have been up to this point with new ideas. And when I worked through my own struggle, I really, I had to, I very regularly had to throw out old ways of thinking and create new ones. Uh, for instance, I, I, being an addict, right? Am I an addict? Am I addicted to pornography or am I choosing it? And being an addict, like the idea of being an addict, it's, it's actually kind of helpful in a lot of ways. And here's why. When we say, I'm an addict, we are able to separate ourselves mentally from the behavior that we're engaging in in such a way as to reduce our culpability. Meaning, if there's this thing that I'm powerless against, and it is drawing me in and it's making me behave in a way that I don't want to, then I don't have to feel as bad about what I'm doing. I don't have to feel ashamed of what I'm doing as much because it's not my fault. To a certain degree, it's not my fault. And th- there's, there's honestly, there's some comfort in that idea. But the moment that I realized that I don't want to be comforted I want to get rid of this. I had to go out and I had to go, well, what's an idea that says that I can get rid of this and not take on comfort? Because I don't want comfort anymore. Comfort's what I've been seeking. Comfort's what I've been doing for a long time, for too long. How can I get rid of this? Well, if I want to get rid of something, I have to say I'm in charge of that thing. I'm responsible for it. And that means that I can make decisions about it. And that's where that's why I talk about agency with every single person that I that I have a consult with. I talk about agency because that's the way to make things happen. And you know, the old adage that if you want different results, you have to try different things is also true of the way that we think and the way that we feel. Putting our thoughts and feelings and actions together differently than we ever have before is the only way to yield results that are different than the ones that we've been getting. 
I know that sounds like, you know, a, a, a life coach trope, if you will. It's like one of those things that you hear uh, from Tony Robbins a lot. <laughs> it's like, right? So here, here's what I want you to just see. I'm not asking you to take it on wholesale, but experiment with it. This may not be an effective way of doing things. Let's experiment with a new way. And as you work through your own struggle and you start down the path of regularly refocusing, creating new habits around your urges that automatically process when you have an urge and experimenting with totally new ways of thinking, you don't have to do it alone. Uh, you don't have to ask people who have never done, the, done that work, right? I mean, how many of us have walked into a bishop's office or into a, a stake president's office or into a counselor's office and we're like, hey, I got a pornography problem. Uh, can you help me with this? And they go, yeah, I can totally help you with it. I've never had this problem myself, but let me tell you what to do. <laughs> that, to me, is uh, a little bit insane. It's, maybe it's not entirely insane, but it seems a little bit insane. Like you, If you want to learn how to play football, it's much less likely that you're going to go talk to someone who's only read a book about it. You might want to work with you know, a coach or someone who's traveled that path themselves and maybe helped hundreds of men and women do the same thing that you're asking for help on. And I'm here for you. I want to help you. And when you're ready, go make an appointment at zackspafford.com slash work with Zach, and I will walk you through this process personally because I love you, and I'm so grateful that you guys listen to this podcast. I'm so grateful for the reviews. I can't believe how awesome you guys are at putting down the reviews. I'm so grateful for them. The more you do that, the more likely it is somebody's going to hear this and get the help that they want and need. All right, my friends, I will talk to you next week. I'm still going to be at the beach, <laughs> but I will have a podcast for you. All right, my friends, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Self Mastery Podcast. Every day, Darcy and I work with amazing men and women to remove pornography from their lives and relationships. If you're ready to take the next step in your journey, let us help you. Sign up for a consult at zackspafford.com slash work with me, and you can set up some time for you or your spouse to meet with me or with Darcy, and we can help you get started on your self-mastery journey. Thanks for listening to Thrive Beyond Pornography. If you're seeking guidance and support to overcome pornography for good and begin creating a thriving life beyond it, check out my free webinar, How to Overcome Pornography with Skills That Actually Work. You'll learn practical, proven skills guided by an expert coach who has personally overcome pornography. Whether you're getting started for just yourself or along with your spouse, Darcy and I can teach you the tools that will help you put your life on the right path for you. Be sure to check out the show notes for a direct link and if you could take a moment to leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts, it would mean the world to us. Your reviews play a significant role in helping others discover the show so they can join us on this transformative journey. Thank you for being part of the Thrive Beyond Pornography community. Until our next episode, stay strong, stay focused, and keep thriving.